strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And today's episode is about the mighty Minoans. I have no idea what this is. So if you are familiar with Greek mythology... Um, <laughs> probably very little. Well, then, to, I mean, to be super honest, like... Then you will, you will know Olympus, some of the... Zeus, that's yeah. probably what I've got. So you'll know some of this story, but those who are not familiar with it, sit back and enjoy. All right, let's get at it. So in Greek mythology, Minos, the legendary ruler of Crete, was the son of Zeus in Europa, the Phoenician princess and personification of the continent of Europe. Minos was one of three siblings born from the union of Zeus and Europa. In order to make her love him, Zeus transformed himself into a handsome bull and seduced her into riding him. Oh, oh did he now? You know it. I mean, it's problematic. He then began to run really, really fast, flying over the sea and land and arriving in Crete, where he then resumed his real appearance. There in a cave upon the highest mountain of Crete, where myth claims that Zeus was born, is where Europa gave birth to Minos, Rhodmathius, and Sarpathium. So she gave birth to them in a cave. Yeah. But they were made when he was a bull. Maybe. But does that mean that they took bull form? Because he was a god that transformed himself into something. So does that mean his seed is also transformed into a bull? Like she's bull? having half bull babies? No, these were all. But then also they said she's the, personifi- the personification of Europe. I don't really know what that means. It's it's also strange. I know. Mythology, man. It's it's tough. It's a rough uh it's a rough road, Robin. It just gets rougher. <laughs> well, just keep trucking. Then Zeus left Europa in order to go to Mount Olympus. But, just like a man. But before doing so, he gave her three weapons. A bow that will never miss its target, a guard dog named Lalapa, who no one could ever escape from, and the mythical metallic being of Talos, who was there to protect her. He would circle the island's shores three times a day to protect her against pirates and other invaders. So it's just like a metal bodyguard statue that floats around the island every day, three times a day. Mm-hmm. A dog that's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. That's great. And a bow that doesn't miss its target. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's super useful. The dog's pretty useful. I don't get the metal dude. It's like, so if the pirates come, what does he do? destroy there's photographs if you want to google them there's like pictures of him being enormous and kind of just smashing the boats and everything in the sea you know like kind of thing okay yeah i get what you're saying Mm -hmm. it's just a giant being like just a big metal dude yeah yeah just you know imagine ghostbusters and how you know the statue that they wrote the statue of liberty i was gonna say stay puffed but yeah you know like that kind of thing like the Statue of Liberty is probably more a personification of protection than the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Maybe. I'm having trouble with this one. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Minos attained the Cretan throne by the aid of the Greek god Poseidon. And from Nassos, he gained control over the Egan Islands, colonizing many of them and ridding the Sea of Pirates. He married Pasiphae, the daughter of Elios, who bore him, among others, three children. Athreo, Aridani... And Phaedra. Although he was a great man, Minos was flawed. One day, a magnificent white bull appeared in his kingdom. What is it with all these bulls? We'll get to that later. Okay. The god Poseidon demanded 
the bull to be sacrificed to him, but Minos thought that it was such a beautiful creature that he kept it for himself and sacrificed another animal instead. The gods were angry and decided to punish Minos by taking his wife. She then fell in love with the bull. Mad with desire, she asked for help from Daedalus, who created a mechanical cow in which she could ride and approach the bull. As a result, her union with the animal resulted in her giving birth to a monstrosity of a creature with the head of a bull and the body of a man. Thus became the Minotaur. What's with all the bull fucking, man? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bull fucking in this story. You're literally talking about people who are like getting mechanical it cows on. made yeah. just so they can get close enough to fuck that bull. Have you seen a bull? No, I'm just kidding. Robin. I know, I know, but the whole bull thing comes into effect in the whole thing. Also, the fact that she gave birth to a minotaur. So, that is... I'm imagining a baby minotaur breastfeeding is where I'm at. The horns would get in the way. It's such... It's problematic. The story's problematic. Actually, I mean, one horn would get in the way. The other one would face away, right? No, I don't know. I mean, I think it might work. I mean, if she's sneezing, she gets stabbed in the heart. Yeah. See? Problematic. Just think about the giving birth. Are the horns not there when they're born? Do the horns does, come does later? He, does he grow into them like a bull? Probably. Yeah, there we go. See? that makes sense. We've, we've finally made so Greek she, mythology make sense, so everyone. she gives birth and it looks like a regular species of some sort. Well, no, it looks like a half cow, half baby, right? Yeah, and then that's true. It just gets the older and more developed. And, and every puberty, year, they probably get the horns. Right. But far after the breastfeeding. Let me move on because this is ridiculous. So <laughs> I was very concerned, Robin. I'm concerned about all of it. Well, yeah. I mean, you should be concerned if it was a real person. <laughs> on that note, Minos was horrified and imprisoned Daedalus, keeping him captured. Proved impossible, though. Using wax, wooden feathers, he created two pairs of wings, one for him and one for his son, Icarus. They then used his wings to escape the tower and flew over the sea. However, Icarus felt bold in his excitement, and despite his father's warnings, flew too close to the sun. The sun's heat melted the wax, and he plummeted to his death in the sea. I did know this story. Mm -hmm. This one I knew. We always use as a reference. We're like, we flew too close to the sun. We flew too close to the sun. Exactly. And you're like, well, why is that a problem? Did it burn? No. It melted the wax off my wings and therefore I plumbed exactly. the earth and drowned. Exactly. But I was not aware that this was a story that was affiliated with Minos. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi. People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends. So for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. 
So mad that his prisoner escaped, he then tried to come up with other ways of recapturing Nidalas. In the meantime, the Minotaur had grown into a fearsome flesh-eating monster, and Minos wisely had it imprisoned in the maze or the labyrinth beneath his palace. While Minos ruled, he kept in direct contact with Zeus, discussing new laws with him every nine years. I don't know why that's so specific. It was just nine years, every nine sure. years, every nine sure. years. Sure. His name is a title in which ancient Cretan would be translated to as a governor. He united all the cities of Nassos under one kingdom and became the supreme naval power in the area. According to the great Greek historian through Cydides, Minos was the first ancient ruler known to have built a navy and managed to expand his kingdom all over the Mediterranean, promoting the just laws that Zeus had given him. Legend says that King Minos was killed by the daughters of King Cuculus, who poured boiling water over him while he was taking a bath. After death, Minos became a judge in Hades, judging the actions of the dead. So the question here is, is Minos real or just another mythical legend? We have a story of a demigod slash god in contact with other gods. It has possession of super weapons, creating advanced civilizations that became a great power in the civilized world. Is it possible for supreme beings to have indeed interfered with Minos and helped him? Or is this just a vivid imagination of a primitive civilization? Which is what some archaeologists suggest after researching the city of Nassos. That is right. The place where the myth took place actually exists. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, Crete exists. Mm-hmm. Those cities exist. So does exist. Nassos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Minoan civilization had flourished in the Middle Bronze Age on an island of Crete, located on the eastern Mediterranean from 2000 BC until 1500 BC. Mm-hmm. They are known for their unique art and architecture. They made a significant contribution to the development of Western European civilization that we know today, with the spread of their ideas through the contact of other cultures across the Egan Sea. Labyrinth-like palaces, vivid frescoes showing scenes such as bull leaping and processors, elegant gold jewelry, stone vases, and pottery with vibrant decorations of marine life are all features of the Minoan Crete culture. In the early 20th century, archaeologist Sir Arthur Evans was first notified to the possible presence of an ancient civilization on Crete by finding carved seal stones that would be worn as charms by native Cretans. During excavations at Nessos from the years of 1900 to 1905, Evans discovered extensive ruins which had confirmed the ancient accounts with literary and mythological of sophisticated Cretan culture and possible site of the legendary labyrinth and palace of King Minos. It was Evans that coined the description as Minoan. It was Evans that coined the description as Minoan in reference to this Bronze Age king. Evans believed that this king was responsible for both the growth and the decline of the Crete civilization. Evans split the island's Bronze Age into three distinct phases, largely based on the different pottery styles that were found. The first one was the Early Bronze Age, or Early Minoan, from 3000 to 2100 BC. Middle Age, or Middle Minoan, from 2100 to 1600 BC, and the Late Age, or the Late Minoan, from 1600 to 1100 BC. These phases have been challenged by more modern archaeology and approaches to history and anthropology. Minoan settlements and cemeteries have been found all over Crete, but the four principal palace sites were Nasus, Phaeatos, Malia, and Zakros. 
At each of these sites, large complex palace structures seem to have acted as a local administrative, trade, religious, and even political centers. The relationship between the palaces and the power structure within them, or over the island as a whole, is not clear due to the lack of archaeological and text evidence. It is clear, though, that the places exerted some kind of localized control, such as the gathering and storage of wine, oils, precious meats, grain, and ceramics. Small towns, villages, and farms were spread around the territory, seemingly controlled by a single palace. Roads connected these isolated settlements to each other and to the main center. So it's like a feudal system. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about there's like one major like area where people come and to do their trading. And everything just came set up on location. Right. And then like there are little villages, but then there's like a lord mm -hmm. or something that sort of runs that that region. Yep. And all of this was found in 1900 to 1905 during this excavation. There is a general agreement among historians that the palaces were independent from each other up until the 1700 BC and thereafter they came under the way of Nassos, as evidenced by the greater uniformity in architecture and the use of linear A writing across various sites throughout the palace. Linear A writing was the system used by the Minoans from 1800 to 1450 BC to write the their own language. It was the primary script used in palace and religion writings, as well as um, depicted on on ceramics, walls, textiles, and all that stuff. That was their type so of language. There were four cities, and mm -hmm. then they kind of found that Nassos sort of encompassed them, mm -hmm. and it, it became the, one the center. Yeah. civilization. And then culturally, the other places acclimated and adapted. Mm -hmm. Following their pottery styles, their the way that they did textiles, and as, the including their, language. their language. Mm -hmm. Okay. The absence of fortifications in the settlement suggests a peaceful coexistence between the different communities. But the presence of weapons such as swords, daggers, and arrowheads, as well as equipment of defense, such as armor and helmets and all of the other type of... Equipment. Thank you. I'm like, what's that word? Would suggest that the peace may not have always been enjoyed. Minoan roads also have evidence of guardhouses and watchtowers, suggesting that many travelers were not welcome. So it was a very... Well, I mean, you also have to think this is an island nation, right? So like somebody yeah. could literally just roll up in a boat and come on up the hill. Mm -hmm. So they always, even if they lived peacefully, being an island nation, they, they would always have to be prepared mm -hmm. and have people watching their roads that, you know, these outsiders weren't coming in. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I mean, I think any peaceful civilization had to have at least some low level like armaments low and level, guards. I mean, I also think that you might have one rebellious person within your community that you need to defend yourself with. Or they're if like, you have these four different cities and all of, and then the three are then this one con controlled by one, you're going to have some negative aspects input on that you know, yeah, or you're just gonna have some like bad vibes yeah man. or if like if this person's cattle wasn't to to par and something happened of course maybe the son took rebellious actions I mean, or something you know you always have if that bull wasn't good he wasn't making those demigod babies he something had to be done i mean i am very focused on the first part of the story and the elaborateness of the bullfucking stories. I mean, yes, I understand. <laughs> I that's what I will remember from this episode is that 
On the island of Crete, there was a whole lot of bullfucking. So the palaces themselves cover two periods. The first palaces were constructed around 2000 BC and following destructive earthquakes and fires rebuilt in 1700 BC. The second palaces survived until their final destruction between 1500 and 1450 BC. Once again, by either earthquake, fire, or even the possible invasion. Yeah. The palaces were well-appointed, monumentally structured, with large courts, colonnades, which is a large sequence of columns joined by a roof, often freestanding or part of a building. Sort of like a pergola. Mm-hmm. There was also staircases, religious crypts, light wells or air shafts, draining systems, large storage, and even a theater for public speculations, entertainment, or so, maybe a religious yeah. procession. They're bougie. They're very bougie. Yeah. The religion remains sketchy, though. But details show that... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could see that. But details show through art and architecture and artifacts that they include depictions of religious ceremonies and rituals, such as pouring of libations, making food offerings, processions, feasts, and sporting events like bull leaping. So many fucking bulls, <laughs> man. Natural forces and nature in general manifested in such artwork as a voluptuous female Mother Earth-like goddess figure and a male figure holding several animals and all that kind of depict. So they, it seems that the religion was more based on Mother Nature. It's very pagan. Mm-hmm. Palaces contain open courtyards for mass gatherings, and rooms often have wells and channels for the pouring of the libations. So do you think that because of his falling out with Zeus, he went more towards paganism? This, like, earth, like, let's protect our lands and let's cherish the land. And, like, he sort of sent his people down a different cultural path. I don't know, because Minos, his wife went against him and fell in love with a bull. So if anything, I, I he would, in my mind, be anti-nature. Yeah, but that was perfectly, that was a, a you know, a punishment mm -hmm. set upon him because he wouldn't sacrifice the bull to Poseidon. So he so sacrificed Poseidon, another animal. So Poseidon was like, well, you know what? You love that bull so much. It's going to love your wife. Your wife's going to love that fucking bull. <laughs> She's going to love it a lot more than yeah, she loves so, you. Yeah, so I really don't think that he would be like, oh, praise nature and praise animals. But I think he would... I, I don't think that it's not uh, per se that he loves nature, but he's turning against the, the God. God system to a more, um, you know, local sort of faith. Well, I understand that. Do yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, bulls are extremely prominent, as, as, we, as we've known about, um, as, as Jen has vehemently perseverated on. Yeah. But they're also really popular in Minoan art. And their horns are an architectural feature of palace walls and basic decorative element in jewelry, frescoes, and pottery decorations, which goes back to the legend of the Minotaur and how he was imprisoned in the labyrinth under the palace. So the whole thing with this culture is the bull, the Minotaur. Did they find the labyrinth under the palace? Yes. <gasps> there is a labyrinth under the palace. There is a, a maze, they say. It's a maze, but... That's real. But, but mythology says it's called a labyrinth. But they there is a maze, and yeah. But that's actual. Mm -hmm. So it's like, ooh, did they build a me the maze for this monster in their head, or did the palace build it to warn others of the possibility 
that the monster is underneath it. Oh, as punishment, if you if you steal this, you'll be put in a maze or in the labyrinth with the minotaur. Like, wait it, for was it. it. Like, come come with me down this like thought path mm-hmm. that I'm having. All of this is metaphoric. Yeah, absolutely. And the bull is just maybe a white man. It, it is a white bull. Right? Yes. It was so it was described as, as a white has bull. come mm-hmm. to the area that's different than other people because they're olive complexion, it's Mediterranean. Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. So he comes and it, they call him a white bull, mm-hmm. but he could just be a man. man. And when they have the baby, when like he when she cheats on him with this white person and has this baby, maybe there's some sort of deformity. And that's why they call it a monster. Maybe he's born with like a cleft palate or something like that, you know, and then is seen as like monstrous. Or, uh, you know, unusual cranium or something like that. Right. Some weird shaped head or, you know, I don't know. I think that's a birthmark, a scar. uh, Yeah. Right. I I just always wonder how much of these stories could be based in actual events. The fact that the labyrinth exists. Mm -hmm. It's they, it's they, a real truth to latch they, onto in the story. They did find a, a maze of sorts. It wasn't as gigantic, of course, as a legend is, but there there is a maze that was found. The stories in the house, are always yeah. bigger. It's yeah. always bigger in the story. That's what she said. That's never what she said, but it's always what he said. I like that. Okay. The sophistication of this culture and its training capacity is shown by the presence of writing of Cretan hieroglyphics that date back from 2000 BC to 1700 BC, and also linear A scripts that are found on various types of administrative clay tablets. Magnificent frescoes from walls, ceilings, and even floors of the palaces also revealed the Minoans' love of sea and nature, and give insights into their religious, communal, and funeral practices. Subjects range in different sizes from miniature to large they were one of the earliest cultures to paint natural landscapes without any humans present in the scene. And animals, too, were often depicted in their natural habitat throughout the artwork. The reason for the demise of the Minoan civilization continues to be debated. Palaces and settlements show evidence of fire and destruction around 1450 BC, but not at Knossos, which was destroyed a century later. The rise of Mycenaean civilization in the mid-2nd millennium BC on the Greek mainland and the evidence of their culture influenced the later Minoan art and trade, made them most likely the cause of the fall. So it was these other invaders, settlers. But other suggestions are the earthquakes and volcanic activity, with, of course, the tsunami. The eruption of Thera, the present-day Santorini, may have been particularly significant, but the exact date of this eruption is disputed, and so the connection with the end of the Minoans is unclear. I mean, and the one place survived, so it seems exactly one culture did, one didn't. Most likely, it was the fatal mix of natural environmental damage and competition for wealth weakened the structure of the society. Possible climate change affected the crops for many of years, which in turn could then have led to economic downfall and social upheaval. Whether it was a volcanic eruption or climate change, the foreign invaders from Mycenae flourished in the area for sixteen hundred years. So how come the advanced society of the Minoans fell and they survived? Whatever the cause, most of the Minoan sites were abandoned by 1200 BC and Crete would not return to the Mediterranean stage of history until the 8th century BC when it was colonized by the Archaic Greeks. 
The questions regarding the destruction of the Minoan civilization linger as historical records do not provide a definite answer as it is these constant questions which have amassed prehistoric Crete with a sensation of seductive fascination and legend. So that is the story of the Mida Minoans, a mythical culture that came to life. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring.